Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken. and We provide two updates each week. One on Sunday premiering at 1 p.m. and the other one on Wednesday premiering at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is Mission Versus Mercy. And we'll be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. You know, as the name of our podcast uh, <laughs> implies, our podcasts always are are prophecy related. We love answering questions related to, to prophecy. If you have a question, send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com, prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I love to answer these all personally myself. Uh, that's where we get a lot of our topics, particularly for our Wednesday updates. So today, we'll be looking at a passage out of chapter 15 in the Gospel of Matthew. Again, my title is called Mission versus mercy, and it deals with an interaction between Jesus and a Canaanite woman. It's eight verses, and scholars and uh, teachers, uh, pastors, often find this quite troubling, a little bit confusing, these eight passages, eight, eight verses. Uh, but we'll see today we can unpack it through the help of the Holy Spirit. And again, we'll see how, how Jesus often surprises us but there's always a lesson to be learned. So we're reading from verse 21, beginning in verse 21 and chapter 15. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, even, yet even from the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So let's first address the text. One of the lessons I've learned, particularly when you have a, a text like this, is that we, we need to address the text and what it says. We need to interrogate it, read it in context, and let our minds be receptive to what's being taught. Uh, so let's look at the context, the location and the characters in this passage. The passage begins with these words, that Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman from Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. So Jesus had been in Galilee. If you remember, he was on the Sea of Galilee. He walked on the water. Peter came out to them taught to him, then he traveled to Gennesaret. Uh, but here in chapter 15, he and his disciples have traveled to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon, you can look it up in Google, were cities in present-day Lebanon, ancient cities going back thousands of years. This was Gentile territory. 
And the Jews are uncomfortable in Gentile territory. They're typically not welcome there. And it's likely Jesus made this trip particularly to see this woman of Canaan. If you remember, there was a story like this. Jesus, Jesus uh, intentionally went through Samaria. His disciples urged him to go around. They were planning on going around Samaria, as most of the Jews would, but Jesus went through Samaria, and he went there particularly to meet and minister to the woman at the well. Um, here again, most Jews would have avoided Tyre and Sidon, as well as because these were Gentile territories. Gentiles are not very um, agreeable to the Jewish people. They're very, often very hostile. Um, however, not all. Uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark mentioned that there were residents from Tyre and Sidon that were in the crowds that came and followed Jesus. Most likely there were some from Tyre and Sidon that were there uh, when uh, Jesus took the, the two fish and the five loaves and multiplied it and fed all the people there, um, the 5,000 plus. So Jesus is likely at his furthest extent in this ministry, his present day ministry. Tyre and Sidon are basically 100 miles north of Jerusalem. Now keep that in mind as Jesus is walking to all of the places that he ministers to, and we'll keep that in mind when we take a look at this interaction, again, between this woman and Jesus. It was likely uh, that she was the reason that he actually came to this area of Tyre and Sidon. And it will show surprising and remarkable love from Jesus as he will minister to this, to this woman of Canaan. And here's the other thing that's interesting. Jesus, uh, uh, the gospel writer Matthew, tells us intentionally that this woman is a Canaanite. And the reason we know that is because this same account is told in the gospel of Mark. And the gospel of Mark, Mark calls the woman a Sino-Phoenician woman. That's the, back at the time of Jesus, that's typically how these people would have been known. That area where Tyre and Sidon is had, had long uh, been deserted by the Canaanites. Um, the Canaanites were displaced by the Babylonians, Babylonians by the Greeks. The culture had completely changed by that time. And this, 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 these people groups were often called Greeks or they were called Phoenicians. But Matthew goes out of his way to mention Canaan. Now, Canaan was an ancient enemy of the Jews. Remember, the Jews came to the Promised Land. The Promised Land was inhabited by the Canaanites, and they worshiped false gods. And God had told them to drive out all of the Canaanites. But, but let's go on. The woman greets Jesus, and, he, and she says this. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, she uses this term, son of David. This is a, a messianic term. That term actually comes out of uh, the, uh, the book of Daniel. And it's a messianic term uh, referring to who Jesus is. But now, she is not a Hebrew. Uh, she's not of the people of Israel. She's pagan, and she's using the Hebrew term, uh, son of David. And notice that she begins her approach with these words, have mercy on me. Now, that's a wonderful way, a, a wonderful way uh, to approach God, to approach the Son of, of God, is to ask for mercy. Often there are two attributes of God, and by extension, of course, Jesus as the Son of God. And we come to him based on his mercy 
and his grace, his mercy and his grace. And they're not opposites. They're actually very closely related. They're almost two sides of the same coin. One side is mercy and the other side is grace. Mercy is the way we approach God. And, and mercy, the definition of mercy is that it precludes that it would be something that we deserve. You know, if you go to court and you are uh, looking for justice because you've been wrong, you would be asking the court for justice. On the other hand, on the other side of the coin, if you're in court but you're the defendant and you have been found guilty, guilty of a capital crime and you're waiting for sentencing, sentencing, you would appeal to the judge for his, his mercy. And this is what the woman is doing. It's not something that she deserves, but she's appealing for mercy. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let us then approach God's throne with grace and confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So this is an example of the woman of Canaan, and, and this is a good example for us, that we may receive um, both mercy and, and great God's grace when we are in need. But notice what Jesus does in this passage. He, he doesn't answer her. He ignores her. And this is the troubling part. And this is why scholars really stumble at this, and many of us in the pews. Why does Jesus ignore her? Or possibly... Jesus is may not be ignoring her. Maybe he's waiting for the response of his disciples so that he can respond. And this is why I believe it's the latter, that he's not ignoring her. His, his disciples then tell Jesus to send her away. But then Jesus answers and he says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So why is Jesus saying that? Why is, is Jesus basically saying that he's too busy? No, he's referring specifically to his, his ministry. Jesus is referring to his, his purpose. In the Gospel of Luke, specifically in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, Jesus speaks of his, his ministry. If you remember, Jesus was in the synagogue in Nazareth, and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And this is what he reads. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the, to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Um, it says in, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verses 5 and 6, also about the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus instructs them and says, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. You see, this is the primary mission of, of Jesus. Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, and he was sent first to the people of Israel. Even Paul says this. Paul says to the Jew first, but then also to the Gentile. And this is why Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus is specifically talking about mission. Did you know that you have a mission as well? I hope so. Because all of us need to stay focused. All of us need to stay focused on mission. You know, as a child, your mission emphasis was on learning, on physical and spiritual growth, and honoring your parents. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is, this is right. Now, when you marry and you have children, your mission changes. 
then your mission becomes to nurture a godly family, to provide for them, to protect them, and to guide them in the ways of the Lord. As we get older, our mission changes again. We no longer have our children to protect and nourish. They're on their own, but the old men are to teach the, the younger men, and the old women are to teach the younger women. That's what Paul says. So when is it that we temporarily depart from mission? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was on mission, but he responded to this Canaanite woman. When do we forget our agenda for the moment? When do we interrupt our schedule and do something that wasn't planned, that wasn't anticipated, but is sorely necessary? It's when we choose mercy, when we are moved by compassion. This woman, this woman from Canaan was a non-Jew. She was not part of the lost sheep of Israel. Uh, she came to Jesus and she appealed based on his mercy. Jesus was moved with compassion and departed from his mission in order to minister to her, and that was through his mercy. Matthew writes and tells us this. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. Remember, she was demon-possessed that very hour. Now, we could have looked at this passage from the standpoint that this woman's faith was great, and I love that approach as well. Jesus calls it great faith, and he only said that a few times in the Gospels. But remember, I'm focusing on our topic today, which is mission versus mercy. And this is what the woman asked for, was asked for his mercy. Jesus interrupted his mission, as important as it was, and because of his compassion, his mercy, he provided her the healing that she was requesting. You know, Every day, my friends, there are, are people in need, and you know that. Uh, people may even ask you for, for help, often daily. Jesus even said, you'll have the poor with you always. My ministry as a pastor has always been to be a shepherd, to be a teacher. A pastor is one that, uh, that, that shepherds, that protects, to encourage, and provides this nurturing the spiritual nourishment that my flock needs. But there are times, there are times that I need to be moved by compassion to depart from my main mission, to meet the needs of someone who needs someone to provide something that they desperately need. You know, that's what the Good Samaritan did. If you remember, the Good Samaritan was on a journey, but he temporarily um, stopped his journey and he ministered to the man that was half dead. He put him on his beast. He took him to the inn. He bandaged his wounds. He gave the innkeeper money in order to provide for the man. He was moved with compassion. Now, we cannot meet the needs of all of those that need something. We, we can't minister to all because if we try to minister to all, we will lose sight of our primary mission. But occasionally and necessarily, we will come across those that the Lord points out to us that we need to respond with mercy. A widow that needs a few hundred dollars to fix a window that's been broken. A man who rides his bike to work every day, but his bike is stolen and he's got no way to get to work. A good man who's recovering after a time in the hospital and we thank God for healing, but he's struggling to meet his bills because he's been, he's been out of work. Uh, 
We can't meet all of the needs of the people, but from time to time, we can meet some of them. We can meet one of them. If we keep our heart receptive and we, ha- when we re- respond to the promptings of our heart, which are often coming from the Holy Spirit, we can temporarily interrupt our mission and reach out with compassion to someone in need. This is exactly what Jesus did to the Canaanite woman, and I think this is what Jesus is teaching us, the church, in this passage as well. This woman from Canaan wasn't of the lost sheep of Israel, but she was in need, and Jesus, because of her great faith and because of his compassion, was able to meet that need. My friends, you will meet somebody that is in need. Remember your mission but also remember to be moved with compassion. Let's pray. So Father God, we wanna thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to to take a look at this passage. And as difficult it is sometimes, we are always taught a lesson by Jesus to remember that we are on a mission as well, but from time to time, we can be moved with compassion and meet somebody's need because of mercy the mercy that Jesus extends to us so that we can also minister to others as well. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem as well in Jesus' name, amen. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Bear's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Bear. Get your copy today.